0: today I'm Karen Davis the founder and president of United Poultry Concerns a nonprofit organization that promotes compassion and respect for chickens turkeys ducks and other domesticated birds today I want to speak to you about burnout about why burnout cannot be an option if we truly care about animals and want to help them I begin by noting an email I received recently from the advocacy organization Climate Healers, which starts out, Dear Climate Healers, doing nothing is not an option. We must do something, anything, to help make things better. The Bhagavad Gita says, quote, The only thing you have any control over is the action that you choose to take at any given time. The outcome of your efforts is not in your hands. You should neither take the outcome personally nor fall into the trap of thinking that doing nothing is better, unquote. It goes on. On Saturday, October 8th, 2022, Wayne Shong and his colleague of Direct Action Everywhere were, quote, quitted by a jury of their peers in the Smithfield pig trial. They were both charged with two counts of burglary, for rescuing two malnourished piglets, Lily and Lizzie. For refusing to be mere bystanders on animal suffering, they faced up to 11 years in jail. Their acquittal established the right to rescue animals in distress in factory farms, referring to the vast majority of all domesticated animals in the United States, This surprise acquittal encourages hope that the future for animals in this country could be somewhat less terrible. Without question, the suffering and abuses endured by animals raised and slaughtered for human consumption is completely, utterly terrible. A danger of such individualized victories for animals, however, is that we can delude ourselves with the notion that the end of the evil empire is near. And then, when the longed-for end doesn't come, we become disillusioned to the point where burnout can start to erode our energy for the animals. So here's what I have to say about the ever-present danger of burnout. Several years after we met as hunting disruptors, that is, hunt saboteurs, in the 1980s, I had a conversation with a fellow activist who told me quote, 10 years ago when I started doing this, I thought we would end sport hunting in no time. I thought reason would prevail. It seemed so obvious, unquote. In 1994, Peter Singer, the author of Animal Liberation, said in an interview that in the early 1970s, when he was writing the book, quote, my expectations ranged all the way from having mass support for goals such as getting rid of factory farming. But that hasn't happened, unquote. Decades later, our campaigns against factory farms, sport hunting, laboratory tortures of animals continues, along with all of our other campaigns on behalf of nonhuman animals, ranging from cockfighting to cosmetic testing. It's easy for an animal activist to become consumed with rage and despair to grow exhausted and burned out, confronted with all the horror every day of our species' relentless assault on other species. It is important not to let this happen. While I have never burned out, I did drop out once before returning to the animal advocacy movement for good. Back in 1974, I joined a tour to Grindstone Island. In Canada's Gulf of St. Lawrence. The tour was designed to show islanders and the Canadian government that tourism was a better way to make money from baby harp seals than clubbing them to death in front of their mothers for their fur. What I saw there caused me to withdraw from further activity for animals for nearly ten years. It was so traumatizing. Then one spring day in the early 1980s I walked across Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C., in response to a newspaper ad for World Laboratory Animals Day. As I looked at pictures of animal victims, of head transplants and burn experiments and other atrocities, I pledged then and there that never again would I abandon animals to the iniquity of our species because I couldn't bear it. I see three major causes of the exhaustion that threatens all of us in the animal advocacy movement. One is the endless omnipresence of animal suffering caused by humans. Another is public resistance to our message. A third is let down by other activists. We start out full of energy. We picture victory and a crowd of protesters at every demonstration. We envision reason and compassion taking charge of people's lives and then reality, with a capital R, erodes our dream. I have a motto I once saw pinned to the wall at the University of Maryland. Pessimism of the intellect, optimism of the will. This expresses my basic attitude toward my work as an activist for chickens and all animals. My attitude is not, if I didn't think we would win, I'd quit. To this attitude, I say, well, then quit, or at least take a break. Working for animals and animal liberation is not a sport or a beauty contest. It is working to modify our species, attitudes and behavior at a very deep level. Of course, I want to win. I want animals to win. I want to get our boot off their necks. But I realize that working full time to achieve this goal is no guarantee of success. Why? Because the forces of negativity out there may be too strong to overcome. I therefore value the advice of peace and justice writer-activist Coleman McCarthy, a vigorous proponent of animal rights when he was a columnist with the Washington Post and a teacher of nonviolence at American University in Washington, D.C., To the question, do you think we'll ever succeed, he said, don't worry about being successful, just be faithful. That is to say, while we do not have full control over whether we will succeed in our fight for animals, we do have full control over whether we are and will remain faithful to the animals. If we are not faithful, we will not succeed. Faithfulness Is not about having faith it is about keeping faith keeping faith with those to whom we have pledged our faith our chicken sanctuary will always protect me from burning out because i could never abandon the birds whom i have come to love and to know so well and who need me to fight for them having once met an abandoned hen i named viva I could never not know, and thus be responsible for, all chickens. This is the positive, obligatory sense of, once you have seen one chicken, you have seen them all. The morality of perception means that there is no turning back. Activists who often say that what burns them out the most is the defection of other activists, including all those last-minute sorry, I can't make it to the demo after all, sorry, and the like. When we burn out or don't show up, we encourage others to burn out or get lazy with us. We let the animals down, and we let our colleagues down as well. A committed activist who won't burn out needs three important things, facts, confidence, and passion. When we know our subject and can articulate our issues, our confidence grows along with our credibility and we become stronger and more effective every time we speak. But facts by themselves may not always be persuasive enough. If we lack or fail to convey passion for our subject, for the animals, we will have a hard time getting most people's attention. Arthur Kessler, who fought successfully to abolish capital punishment in England, it took him 15 years, from 1955 to 1970. Arthur Kessler said in his book, Reflections on Hanging, my intention was to write the book in a cool and detached manner. But indignation and pity kept seeping in. This is perhaps just as well, he said, for capital punishment is not merely a problem of statistics and expediency, but also of morality and feeling. Fair pleading requires that one's facts and figures be right, that one should not distort or quote out of context. It does not exclude having one's heart and spleen in it, unquote. I believe this completely and hope that I am living up to this measure. We should rage against the dying of the light in every animal's eyes that results from humanity's cruelty and abuse. The thing is to transform this pity and rage into one's case for animal rights. It is hard to burn out once we see ourselves as advocates with a case to put before the public, like a lawyer, What matters is making the most of our opportunity of being on the right side, on the side of the animals, win or lose, while we are living. I hope that you have found today's podcast informative and inspiring on behalf of animals and animal rights activism, and that you will share it with your social media network and help to increase the number of animal activists who will never burn out. Thank you very much for joining me today, and please join me for the next podcast episode of Thinking Like a Chicken, News and Views, and have a wonderful and productive day. Thank you.